There we go. It's because I was ill-prepared today. I drove back from, usually my husband does the driving, and I was expecting I would have four hours to uh, gather my thoughts, but I didn't. (laughs) So... um, So we're in a series. Um, We started the last few weeks looking at uh, the the gospel and the way particularly that we at the village are trying to look at the gospel, which is considering the story of Jesus, considering the identity that we are given when we engage and stand with Jesus, and... um, and the, and the kingdom that we're invited into and what that looks like as we're invited into this new way of living. Um, so I have trouble consolidating my ideas, so we thought it would be a good idea for me to teach on truth because it's such a narrow, <laughs> specific kind of topic. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm going to do my best. I only have eight slides. <laughs> um, so what, let's start, just what are some of the, the ways that you have thought about truth? What are some of the things that come to mind when you're considering truth? Being right? Black and white? How do you know truth? What truth versus whatever? What, what are some ideas? Truth is stressful? <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? Oh, uh, truth is stressful. <laughs> what was yours? Various shades of truth. In our culture, there's a lot of talk about like the relativity of truth. And, and when we talk about truth, sometimes there's the idea of perception versus reality and some of that kind of stuff. Um, we are going to look at truth kind of in the context of the Bible, obviously, since... Uh, that's what we practice here. Um, and some of the definitions for truth that are in uh, Vines is one of the places that explains words from their original meaning. Um, is uh, The idea of truth is like faithful, trustworthy. Um, and then th- that's more in the Old Testament. And then into the New Testament, there's this idea of the reality that's at the basis of appearance. Um, or the manifested essence of somebody. If you think about someone that you love and a memory of a time when they just, like, they, they, they were themselves. They were like the person that you fell in love with, right? There's that essence, that, that sense. Um, sometimes it's described in the, in the Bible as their glory, like the weight of who that person is. Um, and then if you think about when you are bitter towards somebody, even someone that you love, and you're in the moment where they are not being nice, right? They are not being who you want them to be. You have this sense of like, sometimes you have a sense of like, well, they just need to get back to who they really are, right? The essence of who they are. 
uh, sometimes, often, especially if we don't know the person well and it's not someone that we're super connected to, we begin to look at them and think, uh, well, they're evil, they're bad, they're like, we start defining them in ways that are like negative and not in keeping um, with what we would think of someone that we love. Um, in in Genesis, the creation story, it says, so God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them. God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. There's a sense in like who we are as people that the truth of who we are is that essence, that core of who God made us to be. We're image bearers, and the reason that we offer respect and dignity to one another is, is because of that, that innate image of, of God. And so as we practice truth, we're kind of walking toward this sense of calling out the true things that are, that are present. Um, in this passage in John 8, there's sort of this knockdown, drag out fight with, um, I know this is a different verse. <laughs> there's sort of this knockdown, drag out fight uh, between, um, between Jesus and the religious leaders. Okay. He, there, you know, he's sort of has begun to actually announce to the Jewish people, I'm God. I am the truth. I'm the way. I'm the one who, that you've been waiting for. I'm the Messiah. And he's starting to like, you know, he's been very kind of slow with the religious leaders and not saying things very clearly up until this point. And he's started saying, you know, come to me, all you who are thirsty, you know, and, you know, and, you know, giving these like teachings that are really making him equivalent to God, which is not what they are expecting. Um, and so as we, as we look at that argument, there's different elements of the argument that, I, that I'm going to look. And this verse kind of summed it up for me. It says, For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. So this is a part of um, the Gospel of John, which John, the, the argument happens a little bit later. But John starts by uh, like basically retelling the creation story. It's like, in the beginning was the word, okay? Not, it, it, you know, kind of harkens back to that Genesis idea, but he's, he's bringing it into the existence of himself. Um, and there's kind of these three ideas in, in here. There's this idea that, um, there's an idea of a covenant, there's an idea of um, the law, and there's a de- an idea of grace and truth being the fulfillment of those things. Um, so I'm going to start with the covenant. Now, a covenant is a really interesting thing back in the way old times. It's a little gory 
basically people would make covenants with one another and they would cut animals in half and separate the halves of the animals and lay them out and then they would agree to something and then they would walk through the pieces of dead animals and the idea was may it be to me as it is to these animals if i don't follow through if i'm not faithful if i don't keep my covenant um yeah it's intense right <laughs> so uh so when the when the the in this argument that they're having that Jesus is having with the religious leaders they're like holding tight to this idea of like you know well we have Abraham as our father and that's like reaching back to uh, a covenant that God made with Abraham but God did an interesting thing when he made this covenant he had the whole sacrifice thing and there were like pieces all laid around but then instead of um he and abraham walking through the pieces abraham goes to sleep and like god like the 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 fire of god it says when the sun had set and darkness had fallen a smoking fire pot with a blazing torch appeared and passed between the pieces and that was like god saying this is a covenant that i'm fulfilling right this is a covenant that is that's me i'm the one that's going to do this so when the when the israel when the the religious leaders reach back and start talking about you know um well we're like we're not you know following the devil who's a liar we're following abraham jesus is saying no no like i am the fulfillment i am the one who is coming to fulfill this thing that abraham promised um the the actual promise that that god makes is i will make you into a great nation i will bless you you will be a blessing i will bless those who bless you whoever curses you i will curse all peoples on earth will be blessed through you and so as jesus teaches us how he is the faithful true fulfillment of this long time ago covenant he he's saying we are now entering into this thing where we're going to be the blessing to the world and when the idea of blessing is also related to truth it has to do with sort of calling out the goodness or the truth in someone so if i'm going to bless someone I might speak a truth that I'm hoping for them. I might um announce something about them that I I see is true that's beautiful, that's a part of their essence. So it's that idea of reaching into the essence of who someone is, of who God is and offering that to the world. When when he created man, you know, he's like, you know, and it's good. You know, he blessed us and he's like, this is good. Um so So we start start with the covenant but then then we move into uh the law because that's where that's where the religious leaders were stuck. Um and they're really comfortable with the law. They have 
analyzed it, they've processed it, they have it laid out so that, like, well, if you're not supposed to work on the Sabbath, then if you spit on the ground, it might roll over and make mud, so that would be violating the Sabbath. I mean, they were, like, really down to the nitty-gritty on how you make sure you're doing the right thing, getting it right. Um, and Jesus comes and he says this thing, you know, do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish these things, but to fulfill them. Um, and then he goes on. This is, this is at the beginning of, uh, this talk that he does in front of a whole group of people. Then he goes on and, you know, he's, he's telling them, uh, you know, if you, you know, the law says don't murder, but I say don't be angry, right? The law says don't commit adultery, but I say don't lust, right? And so he's taking, he's teaching the depth of, uh, of what sin actually is, of how not right we really are, right? He's, he's taking it to a level where they can't really say, oh, well, we still are pretty good. I mean, they can, and sometimes do, but <laughs> um, it, it, be, it takes it to a level where, where the truth of the law, because the law is true, right? They're right about that. They're, the law is a true thing. It is something that shows the reality of mankind's condition. So when they hold to the law, he's just saying, you're holding to it, but but the law goes deeper than that. The law is deeper than just whether or not you do the right thing or don't do the right thing. Um, sorry. We'll move on. Let's move on to grace and Jesus. Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Um, in this verse and also, well, throughout John, uh, the, the Gospel of John, uh, and also in, this, in John 8, Jesus is using, is, is using the idea of I am. Um, and uh, when when. God came to Moses initially. Um, Moses asked him who who he was, who should he say has sent him. And, and God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israel Israelites. I am has sent you. And so kind of in an escalating way throughout John, um, he, he keeps showing Jesus using this phrase, I am. So in the beginning of, of the John 8 passage that we're, we were reading, um, he says, if, if you do not believe that I am he, uh, you will indeed die in your sins. Um, he says uh, later, when you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and I do nothing on my own but just what the Father has taught me. Um, and the lifted up in the desert is this idea again from Moses where people were dying from snake bites and uh, God had Moses set up a snake on a stick and all who looked on the snake 
were healed and, and, and saved from, from death. And so there's this idea that, again, kind of looking at Moses, Jesus is just pulling in all of these covenant law, all this stuff, pulling it in and saying, this is like, I am about what's true. Um, and then in the end of this passage, he, he said, of the John 8 passage, he says, very truly I tell you, before Abraham was born, I am. At this they picked up stones to stone him, but Jesus himself slipped away. Picking up stones is like the, you are a blasphemer. You are saying something that isn't true. You cannot say that you are God, right? And they are ultimately rejecting him with, we want to kill you. Um, so Jesus is kind of bringing in this idea of, of the new covenant that comes through his life and, um, and death and resurrection, um, and a new way of thinking about the things that are in the past. Oops. Um, to the Jews who had believed, Jesus said, if you hold to my teaching, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You would think people who were starting to believe Jesus would respond to this like, cool, <laughs> we're going to be set free. That's great. You would think that we would respond to this news with that same idea of like, oh, I can walk in the truth and I'm going to find some kind of freedom. What they respond with is, uh, well, we're children of Abraham. Like, we're not, we're not slaves um, we, you know, we, you know, have Abraham as our father. And he says, um, he responds to them and says, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Slave has no permanent place in the family, but, but the son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. And again, we're kind of going back to this, um, the, the original covenant, right, with Abraham, where there's a sense of, of God is going to complete what's needed for this to be right. God is going to be faithful, true throughout, and Jesus is going to represent what that actually looks like. Um, I think sometimes we respond similarly to this in, uh, well, but I did things right. I, you know, we don't want to rest in the reality that we haven't gotten it right and we need a savior. We want to rest in, in, in our sense that we have done what we needed to do or, well, I have a good explanation for why this happened or, well, I spit, but it didn't actually roll over and make mud. So I think I'm good, right? And And we want to, kind of nitpick things so that we can get things right instead of resting in truth and the freedom that comes with that. Um, so at the beginning, the, we, we started with the, the first um, 
the first part of this verse. Uh, in uh, practicing truth, First John 1, 6 says, If we have fellowship with God and yet keep on walking in the darkness, we are lying and not practicing the truth. When I first heard, wrestled with that passage, um, I thought, I, you know, because I am not someone who can usually actually believe that I have a good excuse for not doing what I'm supposed to do. Um, and my understanding of that was if I do something wrong, then, uh, then I don't have fellowship with God. And if I try to do things right, then I'll be able to have fellowship with God. And that was my understanding of that. Um, when I finished reading the passage and, and God really spoke to me out of the passage and kind of brought it more into uh, connection to the gospel, it, it goes on to say, but if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we do not bear the guilt of sin, we are deceiving ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous, forgiving us our sins and cleansing us from all unrighteousness. If we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar, and his word is not in us. So earlier we, uh, we had some time of confession, right? We had a, a time of silence, and then we offered a confession together. This is one of the things that we do that is practicing truth. It, it, it's We come together and we acknowledge that we don't get it right and that Jesus is the Messiah who came and fulfilled the original covenant so that we didn't have to die. Um, when, we, you know, it, when I'm done talking, we're going to have communion. Uh, as a part of of singing, this is another practice of the truth it 's saying, "I am in need of the sacrifice of Jesus in order for me to be right with God, in order for me to walk in truth and freedom um, and we do it as a celebration it's not it 's not you know oh this sucks i you know i 'm terrible, and now I have to go to Jesus." This is, this is a celebration. This is the good news. This is what the gospel is. Jesus is not counting our sins against us. And when we can receive that, it's a place of celebration and freedom. Um, when we forgive one another, when we recognize that there is more to the person uh, than the, the, the wrong that they have done us. That this is a, a, a fallen bearer of the image of God and we choose to forgive them. We're practicing the truth that Jesus has brought us into, this different way of being. Um, when in our uh, pilgrim groups we do something where we try to bring the gospel into our everyday lives and, and look at some of the lies that we believe versus uh, the gospel and try to wrestle with that in an intentional way. When we do that, we're practicing the truth together. 
we're saying Satan is the father of lies. Jesus has a different story that we are invited to be a part of, and that's the true one. That's the real one. When we bless one another and say, I see who you are in Jesus, not just the thing you're struggling with or the ways that you get it wrong. We're practicing truth. Um, I, what's the time frame? What's the rule? I don't know what the rule is. A couple, so does anyone have any thoughts or questions they want to? I'm still trying to formulate the way I want to say this. It's it's easy. There's a sub or a surface level of truth and sin and forgiveness and wrath and just or justice. But underlying that is a depth that is a quagmire that's hard to get grasp and understand um, you're saying I'm, if i'm if i am stopping the big sins i'm no longer committing five or six of the sins of the 10 commandments but i'm committing one sin that's distance and irrelevant, but that's causing other sins to pop up periodically. And I don't want to deal with that because it's hard and painful. And all these other things are like little piranhas nipping at my toes yeah. in the water. And as I'm sinking down, they're nibbling more on my feet and my ankles. And all of a sudden, I'm swandering in water that's deep and that's hard to wrap my eyes my head around amen i this is the reason um i think there are some of us who can look more like religious leaders and there are other, uh, others of us who are not able to look like religious leaders when we're being nipped at by the sins that are dragging us down. The reality is that we all are being nipped at by those things that are under, and that's what Jesus was saying, is, is that's not who you are. Like those things that you're fighting, those things that you're struggling against, that's not who you are. That's something that you're being attacked with, that's something that I want you to bring to community and and kind of bring into the light. That's kind of a big piece of why the light is so intertwined with this is that is that shame and and all those lies and things that weighed us down and and kind of suck us under 
those are things that happen in the dark. Those are things that happen when we can't talk about what we're struggling with, when we can't talk about what Jesus has brought in. And what Jesus is saying is, I'm going to shine a light, which is going to mean that sometimes you're going to say, oh, I'm so sorry, God, I have like run from you in this thing. Um, but he's also saying, and I forgive you. I, I, I'm the one that walked through the pieces. You're, you don't have to walk through the pieces, and if you don't get it right, then you're going to die. I'm the one that walked through the pieces. And Jesus is the one who, through his death, answered the price of, of sin. And so, so the places where God will bring freedom is often the places where light can come in. Um, and that might happen in a pilgrim group where you're sharing things. Um, later, we're also, one of the ways that we worship afterward is in the white chair that Mark's sitting in, the healing chair. Um, sometimes just coming and asking for prayer for those things. Um, talking to one of the pastors, talking to someone in the community. But Jesus wants to bring light into those things, not so that you can be more ashamed, but so that you can realize that Jesus, that God is not counting our sins against us. He, he's already paid for that. I experience Jesus as sad when he when he says like the truth will set you free and they're they're like oh we're not slaves like that his his reaction is not like they're like oh no it's okay we're fine and he's like well I I have this light and and you're not and that's okay like the truth is going to set you free and they're like no, no no it's okay we're good and there's like a sadness there that he's like I want relationship with you and you're rejecting me which is a big piece of the law. When, when, when God came to Moses, it was with like a relationship. He came and a big part of giving the law was also giving the tabernacle, right? Was explaining the place where God was going to be present among them. And then Jesus comes and he says, I'm going to tabernacle among you. I'm the tabernacle. You know, I'm the way to God. So yeah, I think it's like, yeah. I really like this verse all of a sudden. I didn't used to because I didn't understand it. Um, I didn't used to like it either. <laughs> because the next verse says, if we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. So that means we, we can never get out from under that. Um, I mean, and, and then it goes on to, you know, the, the classic, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins. So, I don't want to keep coming and confessing because, at least for me, I, I want to be right. I want to, I don't, I want to get rid of those sins, and I can't. Um, but as I look at this verse, I didn't understand what walking in the light meant. But I just noticed, and I've read through this chapter many times, but um, in verse 5 it says, God is light. So if we're walking in the light, we're walking with God. And then we have fellowship with one another. As you pointed out, that's how we can deal with our sin. And then Jesus' blood cleanses us. from. It. That's how we get out from under it. We can't do it ourselves, as you, right. as you pointed out. And so I, now I think I understand this verse a lot better. And I can see the, the beauty in it of you know, walking in the light with God. Through fellowship with one another, we 
suss out those sins, and it's not shameful. It's we're dealing with it because Jesus Jesus covered it. We can't get out from under the sins. He's he's got to cover it with his blood. Amen. One more? Okay. Mark. It's probably misapplying scripture, but what I like to think about is um if you seek first God and his kingdom, these things will be added unto you. Uh, you know, the list of things he was trying to add, people were worried about certain things, but I feel like Christians are worried about their sins. And it's like, just focus on God and his kingdom, and those things, will, they'll, get, they'll get taken care of. Yeah. yeah. Amen. With that, we should close. I... I've already talked about some of the things that we do as a part of worship. Um, We're going to open communion. If you accept the sacrifice of Jesus uh, for your sins, uh, please come up and dip the blood in the juice and take it and remember that Jesus has paid the price for your sin and God is not counting it against you. the healing chair is a place if you want to sit, people will come and pray for you. Uh, it's kind of at the back, so it might take a minute. Um, I find that's a good practice of truth because when you sit there, you never know who's going to pray for you. And it's a, it's a vulnerable thing, but it's been a really powerful thing in my story. Uh, and the other thing that we're going to do is sing. Um, this is a part of practicing truth. When we, a lot of the, we pay very careful attention to the words of what we're singing here at the village. And many of them are straight out of the Bible uh, or things that are like Arise My Soul, Arise that we sang earlier is sort of a summary of what I just said if you go back and read the lyrics. But uh, it, it's a practice of announcing true things together in worship. Uh, so if you um, you can listen and kind of hear, let that wash over you, it, you, could, you can uh, sing along and learn the songs uh, if, if that's a way. If you um, have conversations or things that need to happen, we just ask that you do that outside instead of in here so that it doesn't disrupt the the time for the people who are focused on the music. Let me pray. What? Offering. Oh, people are pointing. I'm like, I don't know. Money? (laughs) All right. Uh, Offering is another way to respond. If you um, are visiting with us, there's not an expectation that you would give. You're welcome to if you would like to. Um... But it's another practice of truth. What we say when we are giving offering is we're saying the possessions that I have are not mine, they're yours. The things that I have are because you've given them to me. Um, And if you belong to the village, we sort of have a sense that that's a part of what it is to serve one another, to serve people who come into our community. Okay, let's pray. Jesus, I uh, thank you that we don't have to get it right, that you have paid the price, that you have fulfilled the covenant, and we don't have to 
do it. Uh, and I ask as we worship that you would um, solidify the true things that you've been speaking to us and be a comfort in uh, the various struggles that different ones of us are experiencing. In Jesus' name, amen.